Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Jedi Order Podcast. Happy New Year everybody. We are in January. It's 2021. Please let it be better than 2020 in just like every aspect apart from The Mandalorian. But anyway, here we are. It's the first episode of the new year. This episode we're doing not a Star Wars episode, but we're doing a deep dive like we did with the Mulan Disney film. We're doing a deep dive with Disney Pixar's Soul, which was released on Christmas Day straight onto Disney+. Plus. So for those who have seen it, please enjoy this podcast of me and Artif diving into Soul and, and what we thought about the film. And if you haven't seen it, go and watch it and then enjoy this episode. So without further ado, guys... January 1st. Welcome to another episode of the Jedi Order Podcast. Soul. Pixar. Disney Pixar Soul. It's been a while. I don't know actually if it's been a while or not since we've had an original Pixar film. Maybe it hasn't been a while. I'm not too sure, but we're we're in the age now, aren't we? Of so many more sequels because they have so many more properties. You've had four, like four Toy Stories, three Cars, two Monsters Inc. Which makes sense because these uh, these franchises and these characters are like extremely well loved. But Soul, you very get much, get that. I don't know, creative popping feeling because. It's where Pixar belongs, creating something new and kind of original, don't you think? Yeah, I, um, I mean, thinking back to the last Pixar film that kind of made a, a dent with me was uh, Inside Out, um, and particularly my girlfriend loved it as well. Um, and that was kind of, and actually I saw a lot of soul um, in that and like kind of on, on a variety of levels. Um, kind of the exploration of the inner self and what it is to be happy and have a personality and, and your inner workings and, and that kind of, you know, being represented on, on, you know, through Pixar's kind of classic animation. And and also, you know, the fact that Tina Fey is in Soul and uh, Amy Poehler's in Inside Out and they're always kind of working together. I kind of thought that was like a funny little thing that now they've each done a, a little Pixar project of their own. Um, which are kind of related in some nature. So I thought it kind of, yeah, it was kind of, you know, Soul was, reminded me of Inside Out in a variety of ways, but also it was just a great film by itself. Um, it, it really had a lot of themes that kind of resonated with me um, because I'm a musician too. And, you know, for a long time, I believe music was my only calling and purpose. And uh, then of course, you know, once you get into the real world, you realize that it's, um, it's a lot more complicated than that. Uh, you know, so, I thought they did, yeah, it was a, kind of a very interesting film to see how they explored that, um, those themes, really. And, and yeah, it was, I, I've just finished watching it, uh, disclaimer. So I'm just, you know, this is kind of my first collecting of thoughts on it. Um, but 
I really thought it was a very lovely film, actually, in a lot of ways. And it kind of took a, a lot of unexpected directions, which um, which I wasn't expecting. But it, And at points, I was almost a bit um, unsure as to where how it would resolve itself. But towards the end, actually, I thought it ended up being a very, very lovely film. Um, and, you know, as I said, it kind of hit hit home in, in quite a few ways. And... Uh, yeah, but generally, you know, in terms of Pixar's kind of creation, you know, it was, um, it's a, yeah, a lovely kind of original film and, and also kind of representing jazz in this sort of way. And, and you know, uh, with a year that kind of 2020 has been, you know, besides coronavirus, I mean, having um, Black Lives Matters um, as well, and then them, you know, kind of creating this film as well. Um, and having a lot of those, you know, aspects really, I thought that was, you know, they're very sensitively done um, and very richly created. Uh, you know, I mean, you've probably seen like the way they've kind of produced this film and, and the sort of names that they've got for it, you know, that it's, it's, they've really kind of taken the time to research and delve into everything from the music to the culture to the, the inner aspects that to the I mean, it's just it's it's clearly a labor of love, um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, very effectively done. Yeah, and let me correct myself. There was, funnily enough, the last Pixar film that came out was Onward, and that was also an original. So, <laughs> but they have done uh, what I was kind of referring to is they have done a lot of like I think two thousand since two thousand sixteen. You've had like Finding Dory. You've had Cars 3, you've had Incredibles 2, you've had Toy Stories 4. You have had, obviously, some brilliant originals in there, Coco, Onward, and now Soul. But yes, I very much, I just kind of loved that Pixar has, it's kind of like Star Wars in a sense. It has a very, it has its style. You know when you're watching a Pixar film, and when we get original Pixar films... Sometimes it's just I'm just always happy to go on that journey because there, like you said, there always is so much attention to detail, and there's certain. I know they, I think they develop these films for years in order to get to the final bit, and you can really see from yeah. Pixar film to Pixar film some of the animation, the quality of the animation is kind of outstanding sometimes some particular aspects of it very outstanding but it's just something that kind of always leaves this warm feeling inside when you watch a pixar film and original pixar films for me are one of the greatest things to watch still to my to this day my ultimate favorite is ratatouille and i can just watch ratatouille so many times i absolutely adore that film and as i always try and do nowadays and i'm sure i missed a bunch of stuff but remy the rat from ratatouille does make a a brief appearance in this film and there's the the scene if you remember when um tina fey's character 22 first discovers pizza and the cat is dragging the pizza along the floor and there's a rat dragging a pizza the other way and they both stop yeah. and look at each other yeah. for a second and then just continue on. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Remy from Ratatouille. Yeah. It just filled me with so much joy. But Soul's like a proper journey, isn't it? Because mm. it's quite it's quite a long intro, 
before you actually get the proper film. I mean, it's setting you up, isn't it? It's, there's a lot to kind of uh, take in. It wants to make sure that you have the understanding to a certain aspect of this character, where he is in his life, before you kind of take the rest of the journey. And because when we get into it, this is surreal. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and this is some far-fetched surreal stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, you're right about the intro. It was um, quite long um, in terms of setting up the character and, and his love of music. And I, I was kind of, and it was, I was surprised actually when the next part comes along that, um, you know, when they kind of, I mean, when he essentially kind of dies, <laughs> you know, um, for me, that was quite sad because, you know, he's just been on stage playing, you know, this beautiful kind of improvisational jazz with this, you know, for this audition with this, you know, saxophonist. And he's kind of nailed it. And the next thing you know, he's like, <laughs> into a sewer and, and and you know it's kind of been taken away from him and i thought that was kind of like i was like oh my god like and as a musician i felt jarred you know that was like oh my god you've taken away this opportunity but then seeing where it goes and and you know how it develops him and yeah i, I thought it was a, an interesting path for them to take and also you know kind of and also with pixar playing with that sort of nature of reality and 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 death and, and passion and it, I mean these are really like serious subjects you know and so it, it doesn't feel like that same sort of light-hearted Pixar as always I mean but it is still very funny throughout I have to say there were like so many of those little quick moments you know um, of like little lines or looks and that are just done so well that add I mean it just sprinkles comedy throughout but yeah I thought a lot of the elements were really heavy but as the film kind of went on it became it felt like, you know, with the character, you felt that things got lighter and, you know, like his the kind of weight of the world all of a sudden became, became less. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it's, uh, you know, as I said, I mean, it, it's an interesting, you know, uh, direction for Pixar to take it in. And uh, yeah, some, some really heavy themes. I mean, did you, uh, did you, I mean, what did you think when he, <laughs> he essentially died? Um, were you kind of shocked, or as I was, or were you a bit like, "Oh, okay, that's uh, interesting"? Well, I think I think you kind. Of, I mean, I saw the trailer to this, so I kind of you kind of get the gist that this is what's going to happen to a certain extent. Uh. But Pixar over the years has always done a really good job of kind of. It's almost like they are having these conversations with children so parents don't have to or they're putting it in a way where children can understand because if you think about Coco uh, onward so like Coco uh, deals with death in the family in the and uh, onward deals with the death of a father soul obviously deals with the death of the main character <laughs> yeah sorry to depress everyone but these are some of the lead things but there's always I think what Pixar's so brilliantly done with multiple different writers over multiple different years is they have told the story of life in a way which is accessible for all ages. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's always so much more than an animation film. There's so many layers to it, and you know there's stuff that children will miss, and you know there's stuff that adults will miss whether it relates to the story or a joke or something like that. Mm. But, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I can see it as definitely one of those films that 
as like maybe when children rewatch it as they're older, they'll like understand the themes and be like, "Oh my god, like that's death," or like, or "That's this," or you know, um, and yeah, you know, it, and which Pixar does so well, you know, because I remember, you know, I mean, when you know Toy Story came out and we all kind of loved it as kids, and then you rewatch it and you're like, "Wow, like there's so many things that I missed as a kid that now it's like." It's just it's so smartly done, and uh, you can you know continue to get that sort of value from it. And yeah, I felt like you know as I said, like you know, there's so many serious themes in this that <laughs> yeah, for you know a kid ever asked their parents like, hey, you know, what, what happens after we die? And it's like, well, just just watch Soul, you know. That, that <laughs> just watch Soul because what happens is you by the looks of it, go into a gigantic bug zapper. <laughs> You go into the sun. <laughs> because the noise it kept making, wasn't it? Every time someone's soul like, got to the top of the ladder, it was just like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they've run a little bug that's gone into a bug light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the biggest kind of anti-climax on this kind of just amazingly animated stairway to this, what looked like a galaxy upon galaxy of stars and wonder. And then you just hear this... at the end when they get there but I mean after we get that point that's when it starts going like like really I mean someone's imagination is poured all over the place here isn't it into the world of the souls and these Jerry is that what these characters are all called they're all called Jerry like it's it's they're really weird but i mean obviously <laughs> they, they make it work but when you first see them you're like okay okay yeah <laughs> i mean i'm kind of coming along with the ride for the moment but this is getting this is tripping me out <laughs> yeah and it, i mean and also the the whole <laughs> when first you're like yeah presented with this the beyond and then it's like oh the before and i love pixar sort of little takes on on you know, they're kind of, I don't know, their philosophy, it's sort of this such a zen kind of place that you're like all of a sudden end up into. And um, and it was interesting because like, you know, watching it and seeing how (laughs) Pixar was depicting like, you know, how souls are sort of, I don't know, like personalities that are kind of taught to be things, which I thought was, I don't know, at first I wasn't sure what to think, but then I was like, oh, this is kind of an interesting take on, on what, you know, I don't know, what, being a person is and finding your passion and uh, but it's not really about finding your passion it's just about you know finding what makes you happy i suppose you know um uh, but at first it was kind of yeah it was interesting to see how like you know what direction pixar would take this in in terms of like almost like a quasi religious <laughs> um way you know and i mean i wouldn't be surprised if you know pixar you know developed a nice cult after this <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> me neither me neither but it is a very kind of like um, it, it's far, it's so far fetched. But then, obviously, this isn't the whole entire portion of the film. This is like one aspect of it. But you kind of, I love. So, firstly, cast of this film. I absolutely love the cast of this film because we get a lot of. Uh, also, I mean, I know you get like the Jamie Fox, and you get Tina Fey. Um, and you get many other brilliant cast members along the way, but you get some like classic British cast members as yeah. well. We get, I mean, surprise appearance from Graham Norton. I know. 
Like, that's I, awesome. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that guy really doesn't do hardly anything. I mean, I, yeah, you only ever hear the last him film I can remember him being in was the Spice Girls movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have been in the Eurovision film with Will Ferrell, maybe. But you know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because he's always like does Eurovision. But yeah, to to see him or to hear him, I should say, in uh, in this was yeah, that was fun. You know, I thought I thought it was great. Um, and we have uh, Richard Ayodi. Ayodi, yeah. Ayodi as well. Um, yeah, he, he's, got, he's got like the most recognizable voice in in, <laughs> in film and, and series. I mean, he will always be Moss from the IT crowd. Yeah, absolutely. That's like the original reference point for most people. But like hearing him in this, and actually he was so funny as well with some of his lines, like, please move along in an orderly fashion. (laughs) Uh, That's a pretty good impression. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's the sort of voice that it doesn't really leave your head right away. And just, actually, you know, it's funny because like he's been in more and more things recently. um, And his his voice is so (laughs) recognizable that it's. I, I don't know. I mean, he's he's it's always. I, I I think he's great. He's he's been around for so long, and he's just become this sort of little treasured icon of randomness. Um, so to see him and what well, to hear him in in these films, it's uh, yeah, it's, he's he's hilarious basically. <laughs> yeah, he very much is. We get, uh, but there's like there's loads of people, isn't there? Angela Bassett, Questlove, Donnell yeah. Rawlings as yeah. well, and also I really liked. Um, the voice of Terry, Rachel House. Yeah, you know Rachel House. The Ra- Rachel House is from like um, Taika Waititi's yes. um, yeah. Hunt for the World of People. Yeah. Yeah. She's also in Thor Ragnarok and stuff like that. She's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and she is absolutely hilarious in this. I think probably close to my favourite character in this between yeah. her and Tina Fey for me because. Just her as Terry, this like accountant who gets all the numbers, is clearly yeah. like has a bee in her bonnet the whole entire time. Yeah. And then all the other Jerry's, including Richard uh, Aiodi, I say it wrong. <laughs> every time, I think. Oh, you almost got it that time. <laughs> yeah, almost got it that time. Richard, I'll get it by the end. Um, just give me time. Um, but like, they're always just like almost putting up with her character, yeah. making everything. <laughs> when they create a cup for her as well at the end and then take it away but <laughs> yeah i love that yeah I, and it, it's so funny because she's like her character in this is so much like in hunt for the world of people um and she was so funny in that as well uh so to see her kind of in a, you know a similar sort of role here it would just work so effectively and again she has one of those voices that you're like you know you're listening in and it's like oh sounds like she's from new zealand you know yeah <laughs> And it has a twang, and then it's just like, and the fact that she's just so dedicated to like finding the wrongdoers and you know making things orderly. I thought that was such an appropriate role for her, and uh, yeah, she's hilarious. I, I completely agree. She was one of my favorites kind of throughout the film. I mean, she was just a again like an interesting character as well as just like hilarious, um, and just with her voice as well. It's just she has. <laughs> there are really some actors who, when they do this sort of voice acting, there's so much character that they bring to it already that it's it's. Yeah, I mean, it was felt kind of effortless on her part, as I said. You know, it was you know, it's sort of, so the role was made for her, really. <laughs> yeah, there's also there's a part where she's like she's sorting through these filing cabinets of every single soul mm. I think that has ever gone through uh, to the afterlife, and you just yeah. cut back to her at one point 
on the <laughs> billionth or millionth um, file cabinet, and she's just like, oh, there's a lot of Garcias here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's obviously just checked through like a thousand Garcias or something and still on the exact same surname. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's there's a lot of brilliant qualities uh, to this film. It's really well done, and it's uh, I do like where they eventually you kind of think, wow, they're already returning to the bodies. They've already broken through. And then, of course, you find out he's gone into the cat's body and Tina Fey's Soul 22 yeah. Yeah. has gone into his body, which for me, that section of the film was just hilarious. That in, that in-between bit where him and the cat are like communicating but can't communicate to anyone else is just... Yeah. That, again, yeah, that was a real funny sort of pick pick up after the... Because, you know, like, before that as well, you get that kind of whole exploration of, you know, the thing of everything and, and being in the zone. And I thought those things were really funny because obviously, like, you know, being a musician and being in the zone, it's like a real thing within, like, how you can get lost in the zone, which, you know, <laughs> which I thought was funny because, like, it sometimes happens with jazz musicians where they literally just <laughs> go so far off into it that it's like, oh, just, just leave him, you know, come back in, like, 30 minutes and he'll finish the solo, you know. Um, so that was like a kind of you know funny little thing, but then yeah, to have that middle bit um, because that part gets kind of serious again, you know. But then that middle bit when <laughs> I mean, just I, I just love it when he's in the cat's body and he's trying to communicate. Then <laughs> it's just kind of like meow, meow, meow. <laughs> and the and twenty two's being so painfully honest, like you know, like I, I'm in his body and everyone, <laughs> and everyone yeah. just thinks he's insane, you know. <laughs> and there's a bit where he twenty uh, two like goes out of the apartment to talk to this uh, student who's like, I want to give up jazz and I'm going to give up school. <laughs> yeah. Tina Fey's character, Soul Twenty Two, is like, Yeah, you should do that. I think it, I think that's completely the right choice. It's all it's all a load of rubbish. <laughs> you just see like the cat's claws underneath, yeah. it's scrambling underneath the door, <laughs> and the kid's just like, I think your cat really wants to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny as well because the. Uh... I mean, the whole, that whole aspect of um, carrying on with music and, and him being so obsessed with music that he can't, like, he can't really, you know, I, I, I thought that was interesting with the film. Like, you know, once they made that transformation, first it's, like, hilarious, and then it's quite hard-hitting for him to see how, like, as a person, he's actually not that great of a guy. He's not that interested in other people. He just cares. He's quite egotistical, you know, in that he only cares about, making it as a jazz, as being the, like a great jazz musician and then making it as a jazz musician. And like, then all his answers, his prayers will be answered and, and his life will be sorted. And, and that again, you know, I thought that was quite interesting because like, you know, I mean, being a musician and having met lots of musicians and, you know, that is the kind of musician kind of curse in a way where like you know, every musician is, you know, feels as if they're destined to play music and, and to be kind of renowned and, and so, you know, well-regarded and, um and you know the reality is actually like no you're like you know that's it's a lottery you know um and you know by being caught up too much in it you actually end up being you know not that great of a person or you don't cherish life as much because you know you don't feel as if you're getting what you're owed or due um so i thought yeah i mean you know from that kind of musician perspective that you know that was that's one of the things that this film nails so well is that, you know, clearly there were musicians involved in this because that sort of, you know, the striving and the urge and the obsession, you know, it, it's, 
you know, whilst, you know, when you're kind of in it and if it pays off, then you're like, well, it was worth it. But, you know, a lot of the time, you know, well, 98% of the time, it, it's not really worth it. And actually it just becomes, you know, a, a bitter pill to swallow in some ways, you know. Um, so I love that, how, you know, how they use 22 as this sort of counterpoint to, to highlight that. Hey, it's, you know, you love the music, that's fine, but it's not all about the music, man. You know, there's, there's living to be done, you know. And I, I thought the barbershop scene, actually, was a really nice scene. You know, a lot of, like, kind of and like, humanity and just, you know, emotion came through there and, and just highlighted, like, hey, you know, take it easy, you know. just um, Actually, I'm just kind of seeing the scene as well now where he's kind of looking back on his own life and he's, you know, a lot of it is him, like, in front of the TV and doing these shows and, you know, like, not much going on. And, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit sad, but it's kind of, it's interesting. It's... um. I think it, you know, it's just it, as I said, it kind of highlights these fantasies of musicians and you know other creatives that it's like this is all I can do with myself. And actually, sometimes it's just like, well, maybe that's just your ego kind of taking you, you know, that you, you know that you have to kind of break out of that to really, I don't know, get a, a, a real focus on the world. I suppose. I must say, like you said, the barbershop scene was one of my favourite scenes as well. I really, really enjoyed that scene. It reminded me of uh, coming to America. Yes. The uh, infamous barbershop scene that Eddie Murphy creates. Uh, just this so much. Can I just say, side note, have you seen that there's a coming to America 2 coming? Yeah, and I've seen the trailer already. Have yeah. you seen the trailer? Yeah, for I've me? seen the trailer. It's, yeah, I was like so shocked. <laughs> I know, like... I'm I'm ready for it because they do a big barbershop scene in the trailer as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And those, it's just I don't know. It feels cozy being there with all yeah. those guys. I, yeah. I I absolutely love that film. Eddie Murphy is just I love it when Eddie Murphy plays multiple different characters, and he just like he absolutely lays it on thick, and it's just it's just so funny. He's just such a um physical comedian as well as a really well like educated written comedian in terms of his material is so well done but his physicality and his voice just take it to the next level but yeah yeah um, but i completely yeah. agree that it reminds me of, of of coming to america that scene um in seoul um but and i loved it and i loved it it was really heartwarming it was a very heartwarming yeah. scene because he learns something about himself that you probably subtly miss earlier on in the film when he's offered the role to the teaching role full time. And he's really like reluctant to take it because it's not the jazz career that he wants, but he could end up almost achieving so much more through teaching children about music. And that's, and that's that full circle because that's how he gets his chance from a student that he taught at school and taught to be a musician yeah and, and, and it's that, like that's the part of his life which he's kind of neglected to a certain extent but it's the part of his life which has given him the opportunity he's always wanted yeah and and also like you see him in class like teaching and he's actually a great teacher you know and he doesn't think of it as like a calling at all um which is funny because you know he's there kind of instilling passion and you know he has some great musicians that he's fostering um and yeah, again, you know, it's that whole kind of that barbershop scene is great to like highlight um, just how what he's kind of missing out on from his own life, you know. Um, and you know, and then afterwards, you know, like kind of meeting his mother as well, and and you know, there was 
a lot of kind of uh, uh, that's why I liked a, a lot about Soul kind of throughout it that you you know at the beginning you're kind of left with so many different you know in different places you know you're first in his life then you're in this kind of interdimensional world and you know and then you're kind of back in his life and he's there kind of contemplating things and the, but you know as it kind of builds throughout you, it, it it almost feels like the chaos is then kind of which is his life in some ways you know uh, but then it kind of becomes sorted and becomes much more clear and as I said earlier like lighter and yeah I, I felt that you know those kind of scenes you know that we you know we kind of touch on and, and actually you know like the barbershop scene is really even though it's heartfelt, it's really funny as well. Mm. Uh, there's some really great lines in it. And again, with like the kind of scene with his, with his mother afterwards and, and, you know, her talking about his father and stuff. And, you know, I felt that that was one of the things that I loved about this film is that they were able to address like very serious adult issues, but through beautiful animation, um, you know, heartfelt lines and, and kind of deliveries. But then also, you know, throughout it, there is also very funny and and very enjoyable. Um, you know, as as we were saying, I mean, I love the kind of relationship that he has with the cat. You know, and, and the fact that he's in the cat's body, and and you know, they're like directing each other. And <laughs> you know, I wish we we could have got more of like them like talking to each other, and it's like a man to a cat, you know, from like that outside perspective, because that was also just so hilarious. But you know, but because this film has like such good writing, they don't even need to like dwell on those sorts of things. They don't re rely on those sorts of uh, jokes, you know, to kind of get laughs, you know, because it just kind of flows throughout that. You know, e each thing that develops is is has its place and then has its kind of own um, own enjoyment, really, in it. Um, yeah. So, it, it, and then you know, coming coming back to the before as well, it's. Um, yeah, I, I love the kind of little moments. And, and, you know, as I said, at the beginning, I was kind of unsure of it. And then, you know, at, like throughout it, you just like, oh, I got it. It feels so warm and nice and, and cozy, you know, as you said as well. There's a lot of coziness in this film, I found, actually. That, you know, at the beginning, it was a bit more, I don't know, like harder that he's like so dedicated to this one thing. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, it's actually quite nice, you know. It's, it's, it's quite nice here. I could, oh, it's quite comfortable, you know. Um, it, it never takes itself too seriously for too long. It's yeah. always it's always well timed in the serious beats to the story, and how long they need to focus on it for it to give an emotional connection. But with it being animation and the way Pixar animate things is, you always get those like wondrous colors. And in the before, it's very much like a pastel color palette, yeah. isn't it? So there, it's That's all it. these really kind of relaxed nice on the eyes colors that are just very like you said it's very warm and it's very cozy and it always gives you kind of that like warm cozy element after every part that's serious or focusing and i, yeah. I love the part where they go into everyone's in their like mystical moment and that solves just messing with people all at the wrong time <laughs> and uh, oh, i found God. out that um, the one of the co-directors and the guy who wrote this is a New York Knicks fan, <laughs> and when when Soul Twenty Two goes, hey, I've been messing with this team for decades. That, that's like because when I was born, the year I was born was the last time the New York Knicks won the championship, <laughs> and they haven't won it since. So that was like a personal joke that he put in there. This that guy goes for this like, so flying slam dunk, doesn't he? And he just yeah. misses it at the last second. That was so funny, throwing people off their flow and like the actor forgetting her lines and yeah, she's just like lines. <laughs> very funny, like especially the basketball team because I, I yeah like it's funny hearing that from you know 
about the director because you, you can feel that there was like some creative behind us. He's like, you know what? Make the Knicks always losing because that's why to God that always happens. Yeah. And it's just this one soul just walking in going, oh, look, the Knicks are just about to win. Boom. No, they're not. <laughs> and, you know, I can sympathize as well as an Arsenal fan. So, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Wow. Right. It's uh, there's so many different elements. It's almost like this story is kind of there's three different versions to this one film, isn't there? That's the mm. before before you even get the titles of the movie, because like uh, we said, it's a long introduction. That's one film in itself. Then the before slash afterlife is another film in itself. Mm. Then the moments of. Uh, his character and Sol 22's character in like his and the cat's body is another part of the film. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's all very well connected together. The story flows really well. It's really easy. I found it really easy to get into. I didn't find it a film that you really have to kind of, you don't have to work to yeah. kind of be enjoying this film and every part of the film. It's just really, it's a nice film to sit down, relax which will tug on the heartstrings and make you feel some emotions at the end. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There are, there's so many things to kind of draw you in. Like, I mean, the animation throughout is lovely. And, you know, as we said, like there's like, it's very colorful and rich. So, you know, I'm sure kids would absolutely love it. Just one spectacle. And then like, even for me, you know, like from the beginning, like, I mean, hearing that it's a jazz film, you know, usually jazz in films is always portrayed very nicely, but sometimes jazz can also be, you know, uh, improvisational and kind of long and laborious. So, you know, I, I, I like jazz, but in certain amounts. But actually, you know, the music from the beginning, you know, throughout is is gorgeous. And it's just, it's very pleasant to listen to. And that was one of the things that, you know, and and I, and as I said, like, I love how they kind of made that musician experience very real. You know, that it felt like, I was reading that, I think Herbie Hancock, you know, who's, and, and uh, Terry Line uh, Carrington, um, but Herbie Hancock is like a legendary jazz musician. So to hear him like kind of involved in this, it was like, I don't, it, it just felt so real, you know, in that respect. And, and you know, as I was kind of saying earlier, it clearly shows that they've done like their research. And uh, yeah, and then you know, and then uh, you know, <laughs> but then also kind of mixing that of like realism in with that great beyond, uh, or the end of before, I should say. Um, it was fun to see Pixar as well, just like having you know, just you know having fun with it really and, and, and the kind of the flow area and the kind of area of lost souls you know that was uh an interesting thing because you know again you know that part reminded me of inside out do you watch inside out yeah yeah i loved yeah. inside out yeah so it kind of yeah that that in between area reminded me of those you know uh is it the you know the the pit of kind of lost lost dreams or something in inside out yes it is um or forgotten memories, you know. Forgotten with, memories. I think yeah. it's to do with memories, isn't it? Yeah. So it, it there was that kind of that um, uh, familiarity from from the two, and um, but I felt that I don't know. Soul almost kind of tackles it in a simpler, and uh, maybe more effective way. Um, because Inside Out, I, I, I again, I, I love the film, um, but I felt that there were points where maybe. It wasn't sure what it wanted to do. It was quite like erratic at points, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's just, I, I felt that soul was a bit more cohesive. Um, and right. also by introducing these like quite surreal elements, like you can kind of, 
I think some films can like lose their pace, you know, when they do that, when they go a bit too far out. But I actually found that in Soul, it, it kind of did it, but with a lot of meaning. There was always kind of meaning at the bottom of it. And that kind of helped move along these, you know, kind of different, trans, you know, uh, changes in terms of like, you know, setting and, and story almost, you know. Um, but because they were like, you know, simple enough that, you know, that it follows like, you know, the, this, I mean, the elements are kind of simple enough within the setting. And then, you know, it's following that kind of underlying storyline very effectively. I just felt that it was like a very nicely kind of cohesive movement throughout all these settings as well. Um, and yeah, so yeah, there's so many things to kind of draw you into it. And, you know, and as I was saying, like it kind of builds throughout as well. So by the end, you're kind of, I was intrigued. You know, I, I didn't really know what to think. Like, you know, I didn't really, I don't know, know what to expect. Um, from the ending like would, would he go on to become a great jazz musician or would he you know just go back to teaching and do the safe thing or would he die I don't know like you know <laughs> is he going to the great beyond um, and you know so it was yeah it, it keeps you on your feet it's full of surprises which um, you know it's rare for a film these days to kind of do that and, and to address these sorts of things with that with that sort of depth and, and, and emotion really yeah yeah it does and it's 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 a great journey and it's just it, once again it's just great storytelling isn't it mm. it's a yeah. really a great storytelling collaborative as you there's multiple writers and it's multiple directors and like you said before you can never fault pixar for their dedication to research on whether it's a particular subject or a particular theme that's going to drive their film they're never wasting any time there they're never rushing anything because they're always putting in the hours to make sure it becomes what it's supposed to be and tell the story in the way it's supposed to tell the story so i would highly recommend if anybody's got the opportunity to watch it go ahead and watch it yeah definitely i mean you know it's uh it's a very appropriate and nice film for uh, especially after the the year that everyone's had in 2020 i mean you know, um, it feels like Pixar has created a film which is chicken soup for the soul. Um, <laughs> um, chicken soup for the soul, everybody. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I highly recommend it too. I think it's a great film. Very, very well put together, created. You know, there from, we go, guys. Yeah. Watch Soul because it is chicken soup for the soul. Hi guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Jedi Elder Podcast. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and may the force be with you.